0: Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. It's sure not to listen to me, uh, it's to hear the word of God. Uh, and that's what it's all about. It's about what his love means to us and the message that he seeks to share with us, each of us, about what that love is all about, because it has its foundations in his one and only son. He loved us so much, uh, he demonstrated that by sharing his love. I had that chance to share over at Braun this morning uh, as we talked about what love is all about. It's a message that's bandied about in our world today, uh, but some, unfortunately, uh, The Lord has lost so much meaning uh, that love means something entirely different than what God expects it to mean for us. And that's the message he sought to share through Jesus. And that was the message that Jesus proclaimed, Jesus lived and shared daily in his life. And the disciples saw that and they followed him because they knew he had the word of life. That's Peter's words, right? In him they knew the truth was there and they followed but there are times in our lives when we struggle, aren't there? Times in our lives where we doubt, times where we wonder why things are happening the way they are. That's where we are in Luke 24. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke 24 today, uh, and you're going to see the message of Cleophas and his friend. I don't know. Do we have anybody here named Cleophas? I don't think we do. I haven't heard that name used yet. Anybody in the balcony, in the corner up here, uh, Cleophas? No, no Cleopas. I don't see any is up there at all. But there's a message that's pretty simple. Cleopas finds out what that message is all about through, I'm going to tell you the good news is he discovers that as he discovers the fulfillment of God's love uh, in his life for him. The message that we see lived out in those passages is one of what we deal with every day in our lives, I think. I think there are disappointments that come our way, plans that we have, things that we're going to do, things that are going to work out exactly the way that we hope that they will and they don't. And so how do we deal with those difficulties? How do we deal with those times in our lives when things don't work the way they are supposed to? When we have the whole thing worked out and we know that everybody is going to live happily ever after, and all of a sudden there is no happily and there's not much ever after left. Cleophas experiences that. And what has happened with him and his friend, they probably were with that group, Uh, who just, think about this, just four days prior had been in the streets of Jerusalem saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now what has happened? Jesus has been arrested in the middle of the night. Jesus has been hauled off. He's gone before the Jewish court. It's not a court, they said, but it is one. He's there. He's demonstrated again that message uh, of what it means to be uh, confused sometimes, but, but the, the, the difficulty comes is he's tried in a civil court and a religious court, both, uh, and found guilty against the state and against God. And then he is crucified. And now his body is stolen. Do you think that's a roller coaster ride? Uh, that, That pretty well defines what many of our lives are like. Difficulties that we go from peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, good things, bad things, always trying to figure out what God would have us understand. But the truth of his word that we see in Luke 24 speaks to us about what that hope is all about. Please join with me in prayer as we open God's word. Father, we thank you this morning for the truth of your word. We thank you for the message that you share with us. I pray, Father, that you'd help me to get out of the way. And I pray, Father, that you would uh, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would touch each of our hearts and prepare the message you have for us, Father, of of, of your word. Uh, That it would be more than words that we hear, but it would be a change of life that we live. We thank you for that hope, for it comes to us through Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Sometimes we can't see Jesus because we're looking at our feet and we're not looking at him. Look with me in Luke 24, verse 13 through 18. Now, that same day, two of them were going in the village of Emmaus, all right? In North Carolina, they call that Emmaus, all right? But that's a whole different story. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you're walking along? And they stood still, and their faces downcast, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked, are, are you only a visitor in Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened in these days? They stood there with their faces downcast. They stood there sad-faced is what the Greek means. Uh, basically, uh, you, know, you know what that looks like, right? Can I demonstrate it? I bet you every one of you could. That's this, all right? Have you ever felt like that? If you find yourself always with your head down, looking at your feet, and you're not talking to the Lord, you're misplacing use of all that good time to pray. But I praise God for the opportunity we have to look up and praise God and give him thanks and glory for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in our lives. That is his desire for us. And Cleophas And his friend have lost all that, and all they can do is look down at their feet, watching every step, trying to be sure they don't stumble, trying to be sure that they don't fall. In our lives, there are all kinds of times when we see what it means for us to not look ahead, but look behind, and look at all the problems that we seem to have in our lives. Luke bookends. I want you to think about this. Luke bookends this story of Cleophas and his friend with two other people. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn to Luke chapter 2, but you already know, many of you know who I'm talking about. There are two other people, a man and a woman. They're not married, uh, but a man and a woman that they're talking about. The first is named Simeon. And Simeon, this is the description of Simeon that Luke gives us. In Luke uh, 2.25, Look at that. He was righteous, devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He had been told by God that he would not die before he had seen God's gift of life and hope through the Messiah. And what he has done is he's given that devotion, he's given that life, to a promise that God had made before Simeon was even born. He recognized God's fulfillment of gifts and of God's perspective of what the future holds for us. And he had told Simeon as an old man that his message was to be fulfilled before he would see God face to face. And what happens when Jesus is presented at the temple? Can't you see him? I, I can envision this. I used to think old men were old men. Now I am one. Uh, but, but, but when Jesus comes into his presence, he knows automatically. And he raises that baby up and he says, the Lord has fulfilled his promise. How many times in our lives do we fail to recognize that God seeks to fulfill those promises in each of our lives that he's made to us. That we understand God's forgiveness, we understand God's love, we understand God's mercy, we understand what it means to trust him with everything we have, and yet sometimes we just fail to do that because we're so busy looking at our feet wondering about what we're going to do with the next step. Then he shares, Luke tells in that same chapter about Anna. Remember Anna? Anna had been married for seven years to a man who was apparently a priest. And so what happens with him? He dies, and now Anna is 84 years old. And she spends all of her time in the temple. All of her Forget the idea that she spends all her time in this building. That is not what Luke is trying to convey to you or to me. She spends all of her time worshiping God. Every one of us in this room have that opportunity every day of our lives. We are either doing things that we want to do or we're worshiping God. All right. That's the idea I think that Luke is trying to convey to us that I think about all the things that I have. I, I have, Karen's been gone now for six months uh, and she's, 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 come, she's coming home Tuesday. All right. But you know what? projects. All I kept thinking, and I still do that. I'm thinking about it right now. Get out of my head here. All the things I wanted to get done while she was away. And so I find that's where my focus is. And it's so easy for us to fall into that trap that the things of this world, the activities of this world, become the focus of our attention. That everything that we're doing is about that. But she didn't. What did she do? She spent every hour of her waking life giving praise and honor to God. Do you see the contrast? Here's the beginning. Here's Luke telling us about these two people. And what does he do at the very end? He talks now in Luke 24 about Cleophas and his friend. And all they can see are the difficulties that they faced, will face in the days ahead. It may be that's where you are right now. And it may be that you're having difficulties in your life and you're wondering how things are going to work out and how and you're going to ever begin to deal with all these problems that you're dealing with. But God's love for us is never ending. There's a call for us to be more like Simeon and Anna and less like Cleophas and his buddy. These are people of vision. People that are able to see what God has in store for us. Able to see through those difficulties that we see, those things that would cause us to stumble, and and to see what God has in store for each of us. Uh, Okay, I'm going to get over here. I don't usually come over here. Help me not to step down in the organ pit here. I want you to do something for me. Don't look at me. Look straight ahead. I want you to hold your hand up about 12 inches from your face, if you would, if you're able, do it. Hold your hand up about 12 inches from your face, and what do you see, all right? You know what I see? I see, first thing I see is that crooked little finger, all right, have y'all got one of those? Keep your fingers nice and spread apart where you can kind of see them. I see that crooked little finger. I see four fingers and a thumb. I see some lines. Mine always makes an M there in the middle. If I turn it this way, I see my fingernails, if I turn it back on my pointer finger, I see the blood blood blister I got when I was working, doing one of those projects I was talking about this week. I see all those things, and you know what? That's all I can see. Now, keep your hand up just a minute longer. I want you to see, I never really noticed this until this week. See this, see the dove up here in the stained glass? Look Look at the stained glass. Keep your hand up, and look at that dove. I want you to focus on that dove now. You know what happens with me when I do that? You, can't, you guys can't see it. I hate to, can you, see the, can you see the cross on the front of this? I thought about that. I didn't think about people sitting way over there. You find some object other than me. Uh, this, Yeah, love people. You can see that. You know what I can do? I'm going to look at Donnie right now. As I'm looking at Donnie up in the balcony, you know what? If I focus on my hand, I can't see Donnie. But when I focus on Donnie, I can see right through my hand. Even, look at this, even if I close my fingers up, I can still see him. Do you see what was going on in Simeon's and Anna's life? God made a promise to them. God shared with them the reality of what he was going to do, and all they could do was see the possibilities. And then they see the fulfillment. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You don't know what it means to give your life, your heart to Him. I had a lady ask me about that just as I was leaving. And I thought about that. You know what my first reaction was? I was over at Braun this morning and I was trying, I was running late. Uh, Imagine that, a preacher running late, going long. But as, as I'm going, she says to me this thing. Could you explain to me what it means to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You know what my first reaction was? Oh man, I'm too late, I'm sorry. I don't have time to do that. That was my first thought. I tell people this regularly. Every now and then, God just gives me a head slap, all right? Uh, It's just like, come on, Bob. What have I called you to do? That is the message that you and I are to always be ready to share. No matter what, no matter where, if I'd have been late, y'all would have continued to go. You could have done just fine without me. Y'all would have done just fine without me. But God gives us that opportunity, gives us those opportunities all the time. That is what that board, that board outside, simply represents. What we are called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. To tell others about the love that he shared with us. That is my testimony. This is what Christ has done in my life. My testimony is that. It is mine. And Christ calls us to share that with one another, that the world would see and the world would know that Jesus Christ is ours. Are you watching your feet? Are you spending all your time sad-faced about the way things have been, about the problems that you have, about the difficulties that are yours? Are you looking through those things and seeing the possibilities of what God can do through you in the days ahead? That is the first thing that we see lived out in this passage of Scripture, a message of what it means for us to look beyond those difficulties and see the love of Christ lived out in our lives daily. That's the message that we see lived out here. Secondly, we're shared this passage of Scripture that goes along with that. Jesus asked, I'll tell you this real quickly, Jesus asked a question here. Look what he says in verse 19 of 24. What things... Jesus asked. Do you think Jesus already knew what they were talking about? All right. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, the chief priest. (coughs) Excuse me, please. And our rulers handed him over to be uh, sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the way, excuse me, that he was the one uh, who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, on the third day since this took place, in addition, some of our women amazed us, and they went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told, uh, told us that the, they had seen a vision of an angel who had said he was alive, and that some of our companions were, went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but he was not there. All right, real, that's a lot. Leave it up just a second, guys. I want you to look at the, look at the verbs Look at the verbs in your Bible that are in that passage, verse 23 and twenty-four. You see them? What are the verbs? They are all past tense. Every one of them are things that have happened. This is what went on. This is what the... But I want you to look at one word, not a verb. What do Cleophas and his friend call Jesus? He was a mighty prophet. They missed the message completely. Jesus had told them time and time again who and what he was and why he had come, but they didn't understand. I love how Jesus responds to them. Look in verse 25 through 27. He said to them, "'How foolish you are and how slow of heart "'to believe that all the prophets have spoken.'" Did not the Christ have to suffer in these things and after these things then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scripture concerning himself. He goes back and he tells them, guys, this is the way it was. This is what God had told us. This is what Jesus had been telling you. Basically what I had been telling you. The message of his truth was fulfilled. And Jesus wants them to understand. He told his disciples in John 14:1 pretty simple. He shared with them the message of what it means to understand uh, the relationship that is to be ours and the hope that is to be ours, not in the past, but in the future. And that's what we share at funerals so often. I know you've heard me share this before. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you And I'm going there now to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back that you may be with me and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. In verse 4, you know the place to where I'm going. You know the way. What does Thomas say? We talked about Thomas last week. Lord, we don't know the way. We don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the future. That is our future. And that is the hope that you and I are to be living every day. And what people need to see in us, the fulfillment of that hope, that we are not the ones that are getting everyone completely lost and downtrodden because the fact that all we can ever do is think about and complain about the problems that we're facing in our lives. Believers, think about that. What is it that people hear from you? Do they hear the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ? Do they hear the message of salvation from you? Have you stuck a pen in that board up there? Or have they heard about your health problems? Have they heard about your financial problems? Have they heard about all those issues that are going on in your life that would seem to overwhelm you? We are not to be overwhelmed. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. And that is the hope that Christ seeks to place in our lives. My prayer would be that if you don't know that hope this morning that you would take it, you'd trust it. Secondly, we see in our lives sometimes what happens to us is that we forget about who we're walking with. Uh, We have those experiences that are so hard for us to see. Remember the story of John? John came to send his disciples to Jesus and, and said basically this, ask him this question. Are you the Messiah, or should we wait for another? Is there somebody else to come? Why did John ask that question? You ever wondered that? I think John asked that question because he begins to look at Jesus, and he thinks, this is not what my expectation of the salvation of God is all about. This is different. I had another expectation. We don't really know what that was, but John had other expectations. And so the disciples go to Jesus and ask that question of him. Are you the one or should we be expecting someone else? Should we think that there's someone else coming? John's disciples told him about these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord and asked, are you the one? Let me share an example for you real quick. I think what this is a batter of is that our expectations are something that are not what God would have us expect. Uh, We got a picture real quick. Let's put it up. Let's get this one done because Nick went to all the trouble to do it. And I told him this morning, I don't think I'm going to do it. If you know what this is, raise your hand. A duck-billed platypus, right? You know, in England, when they first went to Australia and found these things, they, they tried to describe them to people. Look at that. It's got a bill like a duck, swims water. Here comes the kicker, lays eggs, all right, lives on the land too. And people didn't believe them. So they took a pelt back and people thought it was a hoax. The problem is sometimes what happens in our lives is that we have expectations and we lose our minds, basically, on thinking that is totally unbelievable. I cannot believe that you could have an animal like this be such an animal. Yet there it is. They're still in Australia. Nick pointed out to me, you don't want to mess with them. All right, They got that little spur on the back heel back there and they'll let you have it if you get it. Uh, but, but the message is pretty simple they're real. There's a message that Jesus continually tried to share with his disciples that they never truly understood, and that is, I am real. I am who I tell you I am. I am the Son of God. Come for your salvation. Come to fulfill God's promise. Come here on this earth to do what God had commanded me to do. And as he dies, what does he say? I've, it is Finished, I've done what God has called me to. I've given my life for you. Hard to believe that somebody would love us so much that they would die for us. And yet that's what we see lived out in this passage, a message of what it means for us to understand what God has done for us. If you look back in verse 25, you'll see this again. Look at verse 25 in Luke 24. How foolish you are and how slow to hear and believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer all these things and then glory? There's a message that we see in those words from Jesus that uh, is directed towards me uh, specifically. Because in my life, what happens is sometimes I fret about stuff I know that I shouldn't be fretting about. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed. and, And in the process, what I do, I forget about who it is I serve. I serve the risen Savior, I serve the same Savior who, in just a moment's time, how does John begin his gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It starts from the very beginning of creation. God has loved you so much that he gave his one and only son to die on Calvary's cross for your sins and for mine that we might be with him forever. That is the hope that is ours. And we need to focus on who it is we follow. We don't serve a dead teacher. We don't serve a dead prophet. We serve a living Lord. And we sang that this morning at the BrahM host, didn't we? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the things we share as we tarry there, none other shall ever know. The message is pretty simple in our lives about what Christ has done for us. Do you know who it is you're following? I'm here to tell you, I don't think I've told you all this enough, if you seek to follow a preacher or a pastor, in particular me, you know what? I'm going to let you down. I'm going to say something or do something to hurt your feelings. I'm not going to be what you think I ought to be or do, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus will not put you in that position. It's not that he's gonna do everything that you want him to do. As a matter of fact, many times in your lives, you're gonna find he's gonna tell you to do something that's that's completely opposite of what you think you ought to be doing because he desires your life. Who is it you're following this morning? Who is it that you've given your life to? Who have you yielded your hearts to? Cleophas and his friend are beginning to understand. Final thing we all we have to do is ask if we want to know him. Look at verse 28 and 29. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going to go farther. <clears throat> but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went off with them. Something happens there, doesn't it? Jesus gives these two guys a chance to do something. Because he answers their they said, come on, stay with us a little longer. It may be this morning that you've been here and you've been here a part of this church. You've been sitting in the pews for, I don't know, six months, seven months. I don't know how long you've been here. 20, 70 years. It doesn't make any difference. And you've never really figured out what it means to be a disciple of Christ. What it means to be a disciple of Christ is that you are a follower and you've given your life and your heart to him. Up here, see, we've got things all over the building. Remind us of that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus adds that too. The message is pretty simple. That's the Shema. That's the message that God has had for his people since they were founded, since they were initiated, since they became his. And he calls us to do the same thing. And then what does he call us to do with one another? Love one another. Love one another. The people would know that you're mine. That's the way they're going to know you're mine. is by the love that you have, and these guys are beginning to experience that as they talk with Jesus. He stays with them. Look at verse thirty and thirty-one or following. He says, "When it was at a table with him, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began. Uh, and, excuse me, and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened." And they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? The message is pretty simple. God's word shares with us the truth of his love for us. Believers who are here today, if you don't spend time in this, how do you know what God would have you know? How do you experience that new information that God is sharing with you through the truth of his word. But what happened? How did they know that it was Jesus? Here's the kicker. Their hearts burned within them. Now, I'm not going to equate Karen to Jesus, but I'll tell you this. The last nine days have been miserable for me. Don't anybody tell her I said that, all right? And Karen, if you're watching this, uh, I love you, all right? (laughs) But my heart misses her so much, it burns, right? If you've lost a loved one, your heart burns. You long for that relationship. How do you fulfill that? How How do you deal with that? The truth in our lives in Christ is, I know that one day uh, I won't be able to be up here. I'll be someplace else. But I know one day this body's going to wear out. But you know what? Jesus made a promise to me. And that promise was if I trust him as Lord and Savior, he'll never leave me or forsake me. And I am with him forever. And one day I'll see him face to face. And I know everybody wants to talk about seeing mom and dad and all those other folks. I'll see them. I'll get to talk with them, I'll get to share with them, but I'm going to see face-to-face the song that we just heard just a little while ago. A message about what it means for us to see that Savior, no longer through a mirror dimly, now we see face-to-face the Savior who gave his life for us. And we see Cleophas and his friend understand that. One last scripture, we've got to share this one. I don't want to leave it out. Look at verse uh, uh, 33 and following through 35. They got up and they returned once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together. These are their buddies, uh, the guys that they left. It's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread with them. This morning, You need to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ in order to understand what all this has been about. You need to understand that he gave his life for you, that you might know what real love is all about. There are all kinds of people that say they love us. Jesus is the one that gave his life for us. And he loves you so much that he wants you to walk with him he wants you to keep your eyes on him he wants you to know who he is and he wants you to share with others the truth about what he's done in your life believer are you doing that how many of us are here this morning usually we have 150 people 150 people in this congregation praise God for the 20 people that have put pins up there where they've shared their faith with somebody but what about the other 130 of us What are we doing? How are we showing and demonstrating the love of Christ in our lives? By not only following Jesus, but by serving Him every day. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for your love for us, and we thank you, Father, for what mercy and grace are all about. There is not one of us in this room who deserves your love. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.